0: you got your Bibles, I want you to turn. We're going to finish up uh, kind of a little little mini-series, three messages that we've been doing uh, on Foundations for the Future. And we're going to look at the last one in this today, From That Time Until Now. We're going to talk about, that's kind of the subtitle, From That Time Until Now. And you'll see where we're coming from that in just a few minutes. Uh, Again, remember Wednesday night, we just started to study on Corinthians, be a part of that And uh, God will bless uh, that study, I know, and you, as you take part in that, also continue the Bible reading. Uh, Let's continue to do that. I know people are enjoying that. Do what? Yeah. Oh, that's the announcement Daniel was looking for. Keep being part of the Bible reading. If you don't uh, know where we're at or what we're doing in that, please ask, ask. And we'd love to get you plugged in to being a part of that. It's going great. And people are responding and doing well to that. 260 journey, going through the New Testament and uh, using that as a compliment to our Bible reading, so be a part of that. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's go into the Word today. Father, we love you. We thank you so much, God. For this day, God, we pray that you would just bless our time together, Father, that you would bless those listening online. You would bless those that are uh, here in this service, God, that you, we know it's a cold day, it's a rainy day, wet day. But Father, we're glad to be here, God, in this place, listening to the Word of God. And we're not, we're not just listening to it, God. We don't want to just be hearers of the Word. We want to receive it. We want to be uh, doers of the Word. We've learned, God, last week that God, our foundation is uh, the Word of God. The word of God, and we can stand on it, God. We can stand on this word, and we are, uh, we we can build our lives upon it. And so, Lord, we just uh, pray that you would just continue to speak to us today, speak to our hearts, change our lives, God. Prepare this church, God, to move outside of these walls, God, and to and to just uh, be, uh, God, your hands and your feet to just be filled with the Holy Spirit, God, to have the gifts in operation in our lives and begin to go, and uh, God, take this call and this commission that is on our life so seriously, God, to go to the, to the ends of the earth with this glorious good news of the gospel, God, this last harvest, God, that I believe you want to, uh, to, to bring in, God, uh, before you're coming. And Lord, we know that you're coming, it's nigh, it's so at the door, but God, there's a great... Uh, god catch that you want to bring in before before we go home, Lord, you desire that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance, and so, Lord, we want to be part god of 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 reaching the lost God, how will they know? unless a preacher sent. How will they know unless we go? How will they know unless we go outside of these walls and we begin to take and publish this good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so, Lord, help us to do so. Help us to take that calling and that commission seriously now, God, as we work while it's day, for the night comes when no man can work. And, God, you need all hands on deck, God. There's no retiring in the kingdom of God. Lord, whether we're young or whether we're old, God, we're needed in the service of the Lord on this side of eternity. So, Father, just, uh, just uh, give, us, give us the strength, God. Revive us, like Diane said. Revive us, God. Revive us, God. From young and old, revive our hearts. Revive our spirits, God. Revive us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Foundations for the future. Uh, and we will be in the book of Ezra if you've got your Bible. We're going to continue uh, today, and if you remember in this study, we started with the altar. Uh, we we started that when when Ezra when they were when Ezra began to describe uh, and Nehemiah began to, uh, Zerubbabel began to come back out of exile and they began to uh, move back towards building the temple in Jerusalem that they were allowed to go back and do. Uh, we know that it started back with Cyrus uh, began. to give permission for them to go back and do this, and we know Darius later was involved in this, and you see these writings over in Nehemiah, you see them in Haggai, you see them in Daniel, you see a lot of places, even Jeremiah, there's a lot of places that talk about this Babylonian exile and this captivity that the people of God were involved in, which by the way was of their own making. It was their fault they're in this captivity. Their own own, uh, neglect and casualty of the things of God. You want to know why many of our lives and why we're in a generation again that is suffering and under captivity. Most of it is, is the same very reasons. We have handled the things of God lightly. Very casually we've handled God. Very casually we've handled the Word of God. Very casually we've handled prayer. Very casually we've handled the house of God. And now we find our sons and daughters in captivity to drugs. We find our, so our sons and daughters in captivity to alcohol and bondage and sexual immorality and perversion. We find such all kinds of things where the world has crept in and began to take our minds and our hearts captive. And here we see the beautiful thing that God had a prescribed time. Thank God when the captivity was going to end. Uh, I'm so glad that He knows when our captivity, how long, How the purpose of it, the plan of it, and when it's enough and when it's time to bring us out of that captivity and back into the place where he wants to bring us into. And that's what we see so beautifully when their time, the 70 years of captivity, which, by the way, he had prophesied before he told them the amount of years, even before they went into this place, how long they were going to remain there. And at the right moment, at the right time, at the prescribed uh, uh, second, they were released out of that captivity so much that even a king... We began to write and tell them they could go back and they could put the temple back in Jerusalem. And we learned that when they went back, there were certain things that they did. And one of the first things they did was they they began to the very first thing is to is to reset the altar on the place where it was to rebuild the altar. It was a hewn stone. It was not to be hammered or chiseled upon. It was not to have any great engraving on. It was a place where they would go back and remember the sacrifice of God, the sacrifice sacrifice that was made before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God slain on an altar that would pay the price that there was nobody else can take credit and nobody else can touch the glory of God. This is what will reconcile you back to God. This is what will bring you back into a right fellowship and right relationship with God. Your devotion with God must be established first before you can have a temple and before you can have things inside of that temple and before you can do the work of the Lord, you must have a devotion life of God. So they set the altar in place, the Bible tells us, and then they began, the Bible tells us, to, to build the foundation. And once the foundation was built, it was a place of celebration. And we said that that the uh, the altar, by the way, was a place where you, you don't get God to respond to you. You don't twist his arm. No, this is the place where you respond to what God has already done. It's the place where you come to God based on the finished work of Calvary. And you say, God, I'm coming to you, and I'm responding to you. I'm giving my life to you. I'm asking for mercy and forgiveness of my sins. You've already done the work, so here I am. And so, Lord, here I am. I'm coming, and I'm responding to the call. Whosoever will, let him come and be born again. Let him be saved. And I'm receiving the shed blood on this altar as payment for my sin. I want redemption. I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. I want to be forgiven. I want eternal life. And and then the Bible says they come and they lay the foundation, they build the foundation and that's a place of rejoicing. It's a place where they rejoice on the foundation. They, they rejoice that, 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 uh, that, that it's all been accomplished, that it's all been settled. There's nothing to add to it. There's no preferences there. We can't say, well, we ought to have this or we have, ought to have that. No. It's already there. It's already perfect. It's already been established and they worship on that foundation. The Bible says, well, now the temple is going to be built, and we're going to see and pick up there where uh, where now they're coming. And out of that place, out of that foundation of God's Word, which is what it is, we said that there's this symphony or clarity that comes out of the church now. There ought to be this symphony uh, of clarity that begins to come. You remember we heard this in Ezra. We heard the young and the old. We heard there's weeping, and we heard there's, there, there's shouting coming out of this place, and it was noise abroad, and nobody could make out what it was. But then we come to Acts 2, like we said, and all of a sudden we hear this noise coming again. We hear the sound of the wind. But this time there's clarity coming forth out of that foundation. There's clarity coming out of the church because they're coming to the Word of God. They're coming to obey the Word of God. And out of this place of being built out of the life on the foundation of the Word of God, they, they have this clarity that is going forth, and the people are amazed at what they're hearing. Aren't we Parthians? Aren't we Medes? Aren't we this? Aren't we that? yet we hear everybody speak in the great wonders of God in our own language. And that's what this world needs to hear. They need to hear us coming out of this place, out of God's Word, unified, not some kind of soundbite, not talking heads, not opinions of man. They need to come and hear the unity of God's people in the Word of God, on the foundation, celebrating and bringing clarity uh, uh, to the world of, of, of hearing God's good news of salvation. And so here we come to this place where now we're going to see the furnishings that are going to be brought back from Babylonian captivity for the building of the temple that are going to be placed in the temple. And so listen to what Jeremiah 1.12 says because this is interesting what the Word of God says in Jeremiah. It says, Then the Lord said unto me, (laughs) You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. He's watching over his word to perform it. At a certain time... At a certain place, his word's going to come back and do what he said he was going to do. After 70 years of captivity, at the right time, at the right place, my word will will go out and perform what I've sent it to do. And and so it's amazing. Go ahead. When the time has come, I'm watching over this word that I've spoken to you, and I'm going to perform it. It's going to happen. You can take it to the bank. Now look at the next verse. This is our verses of Scripture today. We're in Ezra 5. Chapter uh, 5, verse 13. And it says, However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, king Cyrus uh, issued a decree to build this house of God. Go to the next verse. Also, the gold and the silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple, that was in Jerusalem, and carried them into the temple of Babylon. Those King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon, and they were given to one named Sheshbazar, which is Zerubbabel, whom he had made the governor. Look at the next verse. And he said unto him, take these articles, go, carry them to the temple site that is in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt on its former site. Let it be rebuilt on its former site. And that's really where the subtitle is. Take where it says this, take these articles, go, and let them, but the next verse is where you're going to see where the subtitle is go to verse 16 and then he says this Ah, I didn't put it up there let me read it to you then the same Shezbazar or uh, Zerubbabel came and laid the foundation of the house of God which is in Jerusalem and here's where the subtitle comes but from that time even until now it has been under construction and it is not finished go build the house I'm giving you the articles and everything you need to go build the house. Look, I went to Jerusalem and I went to the Temple Institute. I mean, this place is unbelievable. They they have every article that you need for the temple right now to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. I mean, it's unbelievable. You can go online, you can look at it. I saw many of these things it's just it's just crazy that what the the articles the very the, the very things they need to have a temple they they now have regained or have rebuilt so that they can have a temple to worship in one day uh that that that's what the jews ha- have done in israel and and here we have uh, Ezra in the book of Ezra we have this this Cyrus king in the very first chapter if you go back to the very first chapter of the book it begins to name Specifically, these articles that he gives to them that, that, were in, that were taken in the Babylonian captivity, taken over to Babylon's temples, these pagan temples where they were taken and they were twisted and used wrong and they were locked away in storage in this place for a long time. And now all of a sudden you have Cyrus who is coming and saying, I'm giving you back these temple articles. I want you to take them back to the site where the, where the foundation is, where this altar is being laid. And I want you to rebuild the house of God. I want you to rebuild the temple. I'm giving you everything you need in order to build the house of the Lord back the way that you need it to be built. And so that's the first point that I want to give you this morning that we went to go to point number one. And it says this. the word, Because I want to give you three points this morning. And the Word of God prescribes what belongs to Him. The Word of God prescribes what belongs to Him. Like a good doctor, he prescribes what we need for the moment and the Word of God tells us exactly what we need to build this temple. It tells us exactly what they needed to come back and, and the Word of God prescribes it down to the intimate details in here. A letter is being sent to King Darius explaining now time has passed and now they're about to start rebuilding the temple and, and there's opposition that begins to come up. They send letters to Darius to try to stop the work of the Lord. Darius looks in the archives and finds out out. Cyrus really did send these things back over. Cyrus really did say that they could go back and rebuild the temple, and that's in law now, and so let it be. That's what they're going to do. That's what they they can do. But, But see, before that, construction had been stalled. They came. We've been talking about building the altar. We talk about they laid the foundation, and they celebrate on that foundation. But here's the sad, sad, sad state of affair. For 30 years the building sits there, and it, the foundation sits there unfinished. It sits there incomplete. 30 years now, it's laid, the ruins lay there because they've gotten busy. They got all high on emotion, and they got doing the things, and then when the emotion ran out, they quit, and they went back to their paneled homes, and they began to build their houses, and they began to take care of their own lives while the temple of God laid in ruins. It reminds me of what's going on with our lives and in America today. Look at it, look at the seats around you. Look, there's nobody. Look at when COVID broke out. Where are you? You need to be back in the house of God now. It's been two years. Look how lightly we take the house of God. Where? Look at the empty pews. 9-11 comes. The houses of worship empty out worse than they were before. Pandemic comes. The houses of God empty out worse than they were before. Prayer in school. Oh, we, that's long gone. Now we keep going further and further and further down the slippery slope. We're not even worried about that anymore. We don't even know whether to call a boy a boy or a girl a girl anymore. And the people of God are asleep. I don't know where we are. It's like we're drunk. We don't even care. We won't even rise up to defend the honor in the name of God. We're busy on our iPhones. We're busy going here. Busy going there. Busy earning a living. Busy taking care of our kids while God is second and third and fourth and fifth. Worried about our health. Our health is an idol. It's above God. Everything's above God. And God's word and God's house and God's people and God's mission and God's ministry. And God's call on our life. Amen? And 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 here we find these people all of a sudden. Now the, the the building has ceased. It's under construction, the building of the temple. And it's stalled because of opposition. And now all of a sudden after these years, we're seeing where it's about to begin to start resuming again. And Cyrus took control and he released these articles to the Israelites. These furnishings were to go back and they would begin to build with these things. They were going to have the temple again with these things. And if you go back you find the importance of these the Word of God prescribes exactly what we need in our life. it prescribes exactly what's supposed to take place and it prescribes exactly what belongs to God it, to the detail it, like a good doctor it prescribes it out there so perfectly. If you go back to the Old Covenant and the Old Testament you begin to read in Exodus chapter 24 through 35 and it would give the specifics of what what would go into the building of the house of the Lord. It would give the specifics of what was needed to have the temple of God and the worship of God and the honoring of God and, and the ministry and the work of God. I mean down to the finite detail to the measurements to the different quantities that we're needing there the specifics that would go into building the te- tabernacle or the temple. I mean it's there. We, we, we don't like it when we get to that part of reading in the Bible. We go Go through it real fast because it's boring and it's tedious and it and it's and it's just it's monotonous and it just goes through all of this. My goodness, it tells every this many cubits and that many cubits and do this and this many brass rings and that many of that and these poles go through this and these. T- I mean, it's just there. You know, before that, you've been reading about the creation, you've been reading about Babel, you've been reading about the Red Sea parting, you've been reading about all those things. All of a sudden, to down and come to the temple and all this drudgery and all this reading about all these articles and all of these furnishings and all of these things that take place all the way from chapter 24 through verse 35 to chapter 35 Moses gives all of this and then you know he gives it one time and then you come to the golden calf and that that sin and so he goes back over it again and begin if he didn't do it just one time he's going to tell it to you again so it must hold some importance in our lives. And all of these furnishings have a purpose. It's going to be for the glory of Almighty God. They are of great importance. They are there. They're they're, they're there. And it's just, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like how many had a gift registry when you got uh, married or you had a baby shower? You know, you had a registry. Uh, I heard a pastor who was from another country and he said, we don't have those in our country. Usually they come and they give you money at the monetary gift at the wedding and you get a monetary gift and you just go out and buy. But he said, when we came to the United States and they began to pastor here, he said that for the baby shower, that all of a sudden all these women came from the church and did a registry for them. And he said, I saw all these things on this registry. And he thought, I don't need that. What in the world do we need? My son needs an Xbox when he's born. I mean, you know, he was looking at these things and thinking, I'm never going to need this diaper genie. I'm never. But the ladies in the church who had experience knew exactly what this couple needed when this baby arrived. And so they set it up that way so that when based off their experience and what they know, that they knew they needed these things in order when the baby came. And he said he was so glad that they did because when the baby came, they... were using the diaper genie. They were using this and they were using that and they needed the formula and they needed the extra diapers. And the women knew that because of experience. Well, God Almighty knows what we need and he gives us exactly what we need to build our lives and to build the church of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's doing here when he tells them, take back the articles. I prescribed all of these perfectly and for a reason. And at the right time, my word's going to allow them to come out of that place. You're going to take them back, and you're going to use them in the building of the temple of Almighty God. And I'm here to tell you, God has given us gifts, and He's given us things in the new covenant for our lives that we need in order to have our lives godly and built for the kingdom and the work of Almighty God. Amen? And so, God is specific about what is needed for the church to operate in this last hour. He is specific about what He's called us to be and how He's called us to move and what He's called us to do. Look at what Romans twelve three says. For I say, through the grace given to us. Paul had this understanding that it's grace that I've received these things. He says, for I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Church in America, you need the gifts! Brookside Church of God. You need what God has prescribed for us to need in order to grow the church and grow our lives and to be built upon the solid rock. I don't care what your denomination called for. I don't care what your mind calls for. You need to go into the Word of God. You need to read what it says. And you need to allow these gifts to function and work in our lives for the perfecting and maturing and working of the saints of God. Amen. Having different gifts in here, let us use them. But see, no, we, 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 I can do church by myself at my home. Well, where's your gift for the body? Having these different gifts to build up the church, let us use them. Where are you today? We need you. Let us use them for each other. Let us use, but I don't want to talk. You don't get in my space. I got to have a little bubble here. I don't. I just don't feel good and comfortable around people. Having gifts, let us use them. God is love. God, let us use them, folks, by the grace. You're not using them according to you. By the grace that is given to you, you've been given gifts. Now use them for the body of Christ. Use your gifts for the body of Christ. Use them. Look at what he says in 1 Corinthians 3.10. Paul then explains, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid a foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. God gave Paul this amazing grace to be this master builder. To lay a foundation with the writings that he wrote in the Word of God. And now we take these writings and these things that were written in Scripture years ago. And we are still building with them on the foundation that we've been laid upon. That's why we come on Wednesday night. That's why we continue to learn from these writings. That's why we continue to take them in our heart. That's why we're reading it. That's why we're absorbing the Word of God in in our lives and building our lives upon the foundation of God's word. We're taking these things and we're growing. We're taking them and, and putting them into practice and into our lives with these words of scripture we still build today. Amen? We still build today. That's why we come to Sunday school. That's why we sing the word of God. That's why we we're still building our lives based upon the scriptures that Paul laid out 2,000 years ago and in the New Testament it de- describes These gifts as wisdom, as knowledge, as faith, as healing, as miracles, as prophecy, as discernment, as tongues, as interpretation of tongues, as administratives, as helps. And I believe these are still in existence today and should be in existence today. Amen. These are supernatural and they are natural gifts. Some of you are naturally gifted. Some of you are naturally gifted to be administrators. Some of you are naturally gifted for business. Some of you are naturally gifted for athletics. Some of you are naturally gifted for early childhood d- development. Some of you are naturally gifted to go get on a bus and take uh, uh, kids that are, that, that are uh, Down syndrome or this or that that have uh, problems. Some of you have natural gifts, and some of you have received in this uh, in meetings and at times supernatural gifts that are for the functioning and working and perfecting of the saints. Just like Paul on that ship in Acts 27 where all of a sudden they need faith and this man has some kind of supernatural faith to stand on the deck of that ship and to say, guess what guys? We're all going down. The ship's going down. But not one life here will perish. I got faith. I was with God last night and I know that we're going to survive. All 276 of us are going to come out of this thing. We're going to be floating on wood some of us. Some of us are going to be swimming that know how to swim. But every one of us Is going to get pushed to that shore in Malta and we're going to be all right. Amen. And so God gives natural gifts and God gives supernatural gifts for the body of Christ, for the perfecting of saints, for the household of God. And He prescribes what belongs to Him in His Word. And then number two, the Word of God protects what belongs to Him. In 2 Kings 25, Israel is in this place where Nebuchadnezzar, as we mentioned, has ransacked the temple. He has taken these furnishings that belong to God and and He brings them into a pagan temple. And they begin in that place to be worshipped in a twisted and perverted and wrong way. And, 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 And the reason that we said that they are taken into this foreign land is because they began to deal with the things of God complacently. They began to not deal with the things of God rightly. They began to have a mixture, just like we have done in our day, in our time. They mixed the things of God with paganism. They mixed the things of God with worldly things. They mixed the things of God with the culture. They began to mix the holy and the profane and they began to mix these things together and treat the things of God casually and and, and and allow mixture we are not to allow mixture in fact the Bible says in Revelation it says I would rather you be hot or I would rather you be cold but because you're neither you're lukewarm you're a mixture I'm going to spew you out of my mouth that's what God thinks about mixture that's what God thinks about these things about mixture with the world and mixture in the church it does matter it does matter come out from among them my people and be separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing who can ascend to my hill him who has clean hands a pure heart and does not bend their knees or their soul to an idol don't tell me Don't tell me it doesn't matter about sin in our lives. It matters when Christ has paid a high price not only to forgive us of our sin, but to free us from our sin. To help us to walk out of these places of sin. And so their exile is above of their own making. And I'm afraid of a lot of our, our captivity today is of our own making today. It's because we've allowed things into our lives. We've allowed ourselves mixture. Come on. Nobody asks you to eat that slice of pizza or that Krispy Kreme donut. We always want to say the devil made me do it. The devil's sitting under some tree crying because he's being blamed for so many things that he didn't cause to happen. Folks, you ate the Krispy Kreme donut when you shouldn't have. You you drove the car faster than it should have been and that's why you got the speeding ticket. It's not the devil that made you do it. It's us. You are the problem. I'm the problem. You bought those new shoes and ran up the credit card. You bought a house that you shouldn't have bought and you should have prayed and you should have asked God or you should have bought within your price range. You did it. Not the devil. You did it. Amen. In Israel's captivity is because of their own decisions. They dealt casually with the things of God. They took the Word of God lightly. They stopped doing what it said. They started picking and choosing what was was right and what was wrong in their own eyes, and that's what we've done. But Jeremiah, thank God for the prophet Jeremiah, who begins to say, I'm watching over my Word to perform it, because 70 years are going to pass, and my Word is going to come, and I'm going to lead you. You're going to be in captivity for 70 years, but At that very moment in time, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. And here's that verse that we always take out. We don't know how to use it correctly, but this is where the verse is. For I know the plans that I have toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and give you a hope. God is saying, I have a plan in place. Just like he had a plan for when Adam and Eve had one command and they couldn't keep that one command and he knew they would break it. Before the foundation of the world he said, even in your failure I got a plan. Even before the foundation of the world my son is going to come and he's going to die for you. Even before you messed up and went into Babylonian captivity and you began to live for yourself and selfishly and foolishly and got away from my word. After 70 years are accomplished. After my plan has been perfected. Then the rest of my plan is going to be that I'm going to come and take you out of that place and don't worry I have a plan to prosper you and I have all the articles in place that I prescribe that will help you and they're going to build back your life on a right foundation on a right place I'm going to have the altar in place that you're going to be back in devotion with me I'm going to have the foundation where you're going to rejoice because it's the cross of Jesus Christ and Christ alone that sets you free and the house is going to go up on the word of God and it's going to be be built strong and these articles are going to be used in your life in building your life up to work amongst you and through and in and among the congregation so that you'll be strong and I'll have a people that will be the gates of hell will never prevail against them amen Daniel records this, similar as to what's happening. Isaiah records it and actually calls Cyrus by name. 150 years before Cyrus ever comes and before this ever even happens, God had already put a place. The plan for Israel's redemption, He's already put in place. The plan for your and my redemption, Christ, before the foundations of the world, was slain. They are in exile, and then they're released by the plan of God. Guess what? You were in exile and at the right time, God came and released you by the plan of God. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And when He had led captivity captive, He gave gifts unto men. No, did you hear me? Just like Cyrus gave gifts to go back for the building of the temple of these people who had been in captivity and exile, now Jesus Christ does the exact same thing. He comes and frees us and gives gifts to the church. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.8 says, He ascended on high. And He led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He came into our exile. He came into our lost state. He came into our barrenness. And He led captivity captive. He gave us gifts and said, build your lives now on the rock. And with these things. And here we are. Just like them. Laying on them. Not using them, lying dormant, doing other things, building other things, other visions, other dreams, other plans, finding our lives only a wreck now and in captivity. And no matter what we face, though, I love this, he will bring his word to pass. If God has a plan, he's going to bring it to pass because his yeses are yes and his noes are noes and every promise of God's word is yes and amen. And that's why he says, I will transfer you out of the kingdom of darkness and I'll bring you into the kingdom of my dear son. And that's exactly what began to happen with Cyrus. He came into this very dark place where the things of God had been captured and he took those things transferred them out at the right time and put them back into the hands of Israel so they could go back and do the work and the will and the call of God that is on his life. God's Word protects His stuff, folks. He protects His stuff. Hallelujah. And see, we've done the same thing. We take what God has given us today. We take these gifts and we take these things and we twist them. That's exactly what they did. They took those things into a pagan land and they twisted them. The devil's always trying to get us to twist these things. He wants us to twist the use of of these things and and just to use them uh, incorrectly when God's Word protects what belongs to them. The day is soon coming. The day is soon coming, my friend, when, when not only our church, but I believe this nation is going to surrender to the will of God. Hopefully we're going to see this little bit of revival that's going to take place. And we're going to say, God, no longer our will be done, but your will be done in the church of Jesus Christ. And we're going to surrender our will back to God. And when we surrender our will back to God, I believe we're going to see a resurrection of these things. And we're going to see these gifts begin to operate again and the floodgates open. And I cannot wait to see this happen. Amen? Number one, God's Word prescribes what belongs to Him. He lists the articles out. These you're going to use to build the temple of God back in 70 years. My Word's going to do it. I'm going to watch over it. I'm going to perform it. And then number two, the Word of God protects what belongs to Him. I will protect it. I'll let them get over there. They'll stay in that place. They'll be twisted for a a moment. But at a certain point, my Word's going to come. And man, these things are coming out of that heathen land. They're coming out of that pagan place. They're going to be put back in the rightful hands of God. God's people and use correctly again for the things of God and then number three the last thing is the word of God prospers what belongs to him it prospers what belongs to him now how many work at a place and when you go put your food in the refrigerator you have to put your name on it because there's little thieves that come I don't know why but they come and get in other people's lunches right anybody work at a place like that no, y'all got a lot of honest people. There's one good. Yeah, well, there's a lot of places like that. And, 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 and I've got news for you that sometimes you have to put your name on, on something that belongs to you to protect it. And God's name is on his property. God's name is on his property. And, and, and so God, the word of God prospers what belongs to him. And that brings us to the final verses here today in Ezra 5. Look at what Ezra 5, 16 says. It says, Then the same Shezbaz or, or, uh, or Zerubbabel came and laid the foundation of the house of God. And here's the word that we used earlier. But from that time, even until now, the temple has been under construction and it is not Finished. And the question begins to come to us just like them what have you been doing for the last 30 years with your life what have you been doing with the things that God has given you the gifts that he he, he, he he bought you he led you out of captivity he gave you gifts to use for your calling his calling and for the will of God on your life what have you been doing the last 20 30 years what have you been doing the last week what have you been doing the last month with the things that God has given you to go back for his purposes and his plans and his callings uh, he's calling you back to To build the temple of God and yet for 30 years they sat there while this thing is still under construction and it's not finished. Their emotions ran dry all of a sudden and and, and all of a sudden they're no longer there at the temple building the temple. They're at home building their own homes. but, But here's what happens. At a certain time God raises up his word to protect and here at a certain time the word of God comes back and that's what I want to be doing to you today. The is bringing you the Word of God back. And all of a sudden, God raises up these two prophets. I read the book of Haggai this morning. So fascinated. Go home and read it. Because God raised up these men at just the right time of 30 years of this barrenness going on. Finally, He's going to bring the Word of God back. The the, the gifts are over here sitting just dormant now in this place. And they're just sitting over there. And here's what the prophet Haggai and Zechariah are commissioned to do. And here's what it says they do. They come back and speak the Word of God, Haggai 1 4. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple still live, lie in ruins? I mean, they're in the middle of building their own homes and they're not even looking out for the things of God. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Check your own heart. Quit looking at the person next to you. Check your heart. Consider you. What are you doing? What am I doing? Consider your ways, Brookside. You have so much and you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but you're not warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with whole. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. It kind of sounds like the people in America to me who Are the richest people on the face of the earth, but if you poll the nations, we're the most unhappiest people on the face of the earth. We're ridden with the most mental illness problems, we're riddled with the most violent problems. We're riddled now with government problems we can't solve, education problems we can't solve, healthcare problems we can't solve, and we just keep throwing more money and more money and more money, like money with bags with holes in it. We just keep throwing more stuff at it, and it's not going to work because we're leaving God out of it, and we're not building according to the way God tells us to build our lives, a nation, raise children, and do things. Amen? Consider your ways. Look at what he says. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. I mean, they're prophesying the Word of God to these people. Thirty years is enough. Stop. Get back to the work of God. Get back to what's important. Start doing it the way God prescribed it. Build the temple of God. Ezra 6.14 So the elders and the Jews built. They prospered through the prophesying of Haggai and the prophet Zechariah, the son of Edo. Under the prophets of Haggai and Zechariah, they began to prosper. That's what God's Word does. If we would turn back and seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, if we would turn back and put the word of God first in our our lives if we would turn back and build the foundation upon the teachings that have come forth 2,000 years that are proven, that are tried and true and faithful if we would build our lives on the word of God and let the word of God come back to us we would see amazing and astounding results just like they did, amen the word of God would prosper us man, y'all are dead do you believe it? Hallelujah. God's Word prospers what belongs to His. We came back, they said, we're doing DIY while the temple is in ruins. And you have all these gifts and you have all these resources available to build the tabernacle. And yet they're laying there. We have everything we need to prosper. Folks, you have everything you need to prosper right now to have a godly life. Do you understand that? We have everything within this church right now. We, we have, Diane, we have everything sitting right here in this room that we need to have revival. No, we have everything. Every gift that is needed is right here. Everything we need to have revival. Everything we need to have church the way it's meant to. Everything we need to glorify God is sitting in this room right now. All the gifts, all the talents, God, your God, has given them to us. Everything that we need to reach this community. Oh, if the government would just change. Oh, if we could just get prayer. Oh, No, we have everything we need to reach the community. We have everything we need to take the Word of God into places. We have everything we need to have revival. We have everything we need to have salvation come outside of these walls. We have all the gifts. We have all the furnishings. We have all the things that need to go into the temple to make it go out into the world and preach the glorious good news and see results. We have everything that we need. Amen? Amen. Because God has given it to us. And yes, we've gone through some battles. But I'm reminding you, just like these prophets remind you, it's time to rise up again and remember your calling. It's time to rise up and remember your calling. It's time to rise up and remember your calling. You are called. You are called. You're called. You're called. And remember why you came out of exile. You came out of exile to be the church of Jesus Christ. You came out of exile to take these gifts and to go back and build the temple and to Take the word of God into the highways and the byways and the hedges and to reach people for the glory and majesty and kingdom of God. 30 years they're building these houses and they're sitting on this gift. And let me ask you this question. What is worse? For the gifts to be in exile or storage for 70 years in a pagan temple or for the church to have access to the gifts and sit on them for 30 years and not build the kingdom of God? I believe the latter, and I believe God's going to hold us accountable for the louder. No, I hope that burns in your. I hope that. I hope that causes you not to sleep at night. For the church to have access to these gifts, but no, we're going to argue about them, and we're going to study them for a hundred years, and we're going to try rather than rather than believe it and take it and go with it. Amen. How many different ways can we exegese it? How about let's go use it? For the glory of Almighty God. Let's go use it. Let's go build. Let's go build something. Let's go do something. Let's take the good news of the gospel to our neighbor. Let's take it across the street. Let's let the Holy Spirit fill us again. And give us fresh vision to walk and live into everything that you have given us, God. At this very moment and this very season. That's why Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Which was given to you By prophecy. In other words, take inventory of what's inside of you. Take inventory of the gifts inside of your lives. Yes, some of them has been mishandled. Yes, we buried some of them. Yes, we've neglected some of them. Yes, some different things have happened here and different things have happened there. But do not neglect this. Go back and reclaim it. These gifts and the callings that are in this room, they are given to you for a reason and for a purpose. And the best is yet to come. Amen? Amen. We're laid on a good foundation at Brookside. As we mentioned the last couple of weeks, We, Brother Wilson, Brother Shelton, so many people came before us. They laid a good foundation for us on the solid rock. But it's time for us to build with the gifts and callings and talents in this room. It's time to continue to move forward and, and allow um, th- these gifts to be in operation and to be used for each other and for the kingdom and glory of God. Look at what 1 Peter 4.10 says in closing as each one that's you say that's me me. as each one has received a gift I don't have any gifts as each one has received a gift minister it one to another you got to be with people to minister that gift to each other minister it one to another. Quit being afraid. Body of Jesus Christ. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Look at what he says. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as the, with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and forever. Amen. We don't lack one thing that God has called us to do in 2022. He's called us to go outside of these walls. He's called us to reach our neighbors right around here. He's called us to reach people in other countries. He has called us to do things that we don't think we're capable of doing, and we're not capable of doing them without Him. But He has supplied everything we needed according to His great riches and glory. He has given us everything that pertains to both life and godliness. He has given us everything we need to minister in our calling. He has given us everything we need to serve in this church he has given everything we need to minister one to another with the gift that he has given to you minister it one to another amen, amen. hallelujah amen israel was brought out of that place to build and there were a few gifts that were missing like the ark of the Covenant. there were some things that were missing And I believe that was because God was just kind of giving them a foretaste of what was coming in the new covenant. That It's going to be so magnificent what comes into this through the power of the Holy Spirit. What comes into this temple. I mean, God himself is going to come inside of you. The very presence and life of God. And 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 his spirit is going to give you gifts, and he's going to transform you inside out, and he's going to send you out into the world with the love of God, the peace of God, the mercy of God, the calling of God, the the faith of God, the the, the power of God, and and, and you're gonna you're gonna go and you're gonna take this into the uttermost parts of the world. So our part today is to freshly surrender to God's will again and say, God, we're surrendering to your plan and to your will. Somehow the church of Jesus Christ got off track somehow us pastors got off track we wanted to build our own kingdoms we wanted to build our own plans, we wanted to build our own lives, we wanted to build fleshy churches and, and draw in the masses inside of them strike our egos, we wanted to do all these kind of things but God we're done with that we can't survive on that, we can't live on that, we can't build on that when the waves come and the winds come it, it the building doesn't stand because it's on a not on a firm foundation and so God we want to to go back to what the Word of God says and build way, the way it's prescribed by you because the Word of God is prescribed by you. The Word of God protects what is yours and the Word of God prospers that thing into which it comes. So, God, we are surrendering to the will of God again. Get us a song ready and we're going to sing and worship for just a moment. We're going to open this altar. Ezra and those around, here, here's what I love they're, they're around staring at this foundation. And here's what they could have said 30 years after starting the building process on that foundation, John. Here's what they would have said. It is not finished. It is not finished. But you fast forward some 500 years into the future. And there is a Savior hanging on a cross. And now he comes out of his mouth and he says... The work of God, it is finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. Now you have everything you need to live a godly life. Now you have everything you need to minister. Now you have everything you need. Now go and be the church. And that's what we're about to start preaching on in the coming days. Go and be the church go and be the church go and be fishers of men go and take everything you have everything you need that's what we've spent a whole year to a whole year preaching is that you're solid you're safe you're secure you're you're born again you have everything you need now gifts have been given to you now go 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 into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into your work. Go into the supermarket. Go into your family. Go everywhere with this glorious good news and let these gifts be used to minister one to another. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you for the message of God. We thank you for the plan of God. We thank you that your word, God, prescribes what belongs to you, God. Lord, you prescribe so perfectly, God, these articles and these furnishings, God. And at the right time, God, Cyrus Release those things, God. He came into this kingdom of darkness and He transported and transferred them into the kingdom of light. And then, God, the church was able to take those things and begin to build the temple again. Father your word not only prescribes what belongs to you it, your word god protects what belongs to you god it protects your name is written on our lives god your name is written on these articles and on these things god you protect what belongs to you god yeah they're going to stay in that captivity for a amount of time they're going to be twisted and messed with but at a certain time your you your your word that we started with in Jeremiah at a certain time i my word will perform it and i've gone into this place and i have a plan and a purpose and it's a plan to prosper and it's to give you a future and God we've been playing with the things and these gifts and we've been lying with them dormant we've been lying with them in storage sometimes we've been using them and we've been twisting them and we've been doing things we shouldn't but at an appointed time and I believe God just like Diane's calling us out of revival at the appointed time God we're going to surrender again to the will of God and your word is going to protect what belongs to you you got your name on it and these gifts are going to be come back available and useful again in the house of God and between the people of God and Lord I'm longing for that I believe it's even now God resurrect these things in my life and in this church's life and let us begin to use these gifts and callings to to minister to one another by the grace of God we've been given these gifts and we want to use them for for the kingdom and glory of God and Father like Timothy we we don't want to let it lie dormant God we want this thing that's been put inside of us God to be used to minister and for you to receive honor and glory and the word of god it prospers what belongs to him god when the when the right time they've been sitting on this thing it had, it had not been prospering but god you sent two men with the word of god haggai and zechariah they prophesied consider your ways and god i'm saying that today on tape up on that film whatever it's called on the internet lord and and god i'm saying it in this room consider your ways consider your ways god consider what what we've been doing for the last several years God just going through the motion while these gifts remain unuseful God these gifts are what build the house of God Lord we're coming back and we want to do it prescribed the way that you prescribe it God we want your word to come back and cause us to prosper in the building of our lives and in the building of the church God please Lord let your your word come back and prosper so God we are considering your ways today God we are considering the ways God of our life and Lord we are saying God Forgive us, God. We forgive us, Lord. We have returned to the altar. We have returned, God, to the foundation that's been laid by the apostles and, God, by by the prophets. And, Lord, we won't build anywhere else, God, but on that foundation, God, on that solid rock. And, Lord, out of this word of God, build what is meant to be built, God. Let callings come forth, God. And let the calling of this church be completed. Let the calling of my life be completed. Let the calling of the people in this room be, be completed pleaded God that will that will that that lord that will uh God glorify you that will glorify you God and that will glorify you in all the world God Lord call people in this room call people in this room God resurrect call us awaken our souls God let us care let us care God I can't tell I can't get a read I don't know if it's me or other people I don't want to blame people but let us care God let us care about wanting to 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 live for you first God to live for you first and to do do whatever you tell us to do, God. Whatever you tell us to do. If glorifying you means writing a letter of apology to somebody, even though we despise it, let us do it, God, now. Let us minister one to another, God. If we're if we're to go to somebody, if we're to take the Word of God, somebody to the worst person in the world, we think they're the biggest murderer or thief or our biggest person in the world who doesn't deserve your mercy, God. Please let us go in obedience now and take your Word, God, to the most hardest reached places in the world, God. Let us take your Word. God, to the masses, God. Let us take your word outside of here, everywhere in the world, God. Because, Lord, you love this world and you desire that none should perish, God, but that all should come to repentance, God. Lord, let us bring. when somebody's crying, don't let us turn a deaf ear anymore, God. Don't let us turn a deaf ear, God. Let us be moved with compassion, God. Lord, when we don't want it, we want to watch our favorite TV program, Our Flesh Does. But, God, somebody needs us to come and sit with them. Somebody needs us to come and bring us some medicine. Somebody needs us to come and visit them in the hospital or the nursing home. God, we don't want to do it, but God, you've given us gifts and you've given us callings and you've given us things that we can go and do and build up the body of Christ. So Lord, help us to be obedient, help us to get busy, and help us to go and do the things of God in the days ahead. Lord, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. The altar call is simply this. It's simply consider your ways. And it's to, to come and just, uh, just like he said, each one, you have a received a gift. Now minister it one to another as, God, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Let us be good stewards with, the, with what God has given us, these articles, these things that he's given us. And so, so let's build upon this and let, let's just pray and ask God to, uh, to let us take inventory now. And let us surrender to the will of God again and say, God, use our lives. We want to build. We, don't, we, don't, we, don't, we want to build. We've heard the word of the Lord today and we've been doing our own thing for a long time. And We have everything we need now. We have everything we need. All these gifts are there. They're there for our disposal to build. And so, Lord, we want to get back and get moving with the plan of God again. So help us to do so. In Jesus' name, amen.